There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Oh, okay, I'm the bargaining chip. Well, this fucking idiot... to Sapnin Podcast. Sapnin! Sapnin! You are listening to episode 260 and our fifth anniversary episode of Sapnin Podcast featuring myself, Sean Smith, and my good friend, Morgan Richards. Yes, it's me, Morgan Richards. And let's be honest, today is Uh, as good as day as any to tip your bartender because, baby, this love is for real. Oh, God alive. And everything we're going to talk about is basically our own worship and tribute. That is awful. Daryl, I'm so sorry to hear that. Um, <laughs> apologies. Yes, this week's guest is soldier, poet, and uh, dancer Daryl Palumbo of Glassjaw, Head Automatica, Color Film, and many other projects. To say this is one that I have wanted to do for five years would be an understatement. I've wanted to talk to Daryl prior to ever having a podcast. <laughs> yeah, I just wanted him to notice me. And so here we are. It's fucking finally happened. The fifth anniversary special featuring the mighty, mighty Daryl Plumbo of one of my favorite bands of all time, Glass Joe. Also, I don't know, they're probably one of my favorite bands as well. Well, Let's let that sink in for a moment, because as you said, we have wanted to do this even before this even started. Today is a double special, meaningful experience for us. Our fifth year anniversary, 260 episodes in a row, and together finally hunted down a man that we consider a musical god. You've all have to know him from two hugely influential bands in Glassjaw and Head Automatica. But Sean, I want to give you the floor with this to explain how much he means to you and how you probably wouldn't be into the kind of music you are without one Daryl Palumbo. Well, everybody, all the music, all the people who listen to this wouldn't be into the music they're into without Daryl Palumbo. I can pretty much safely say you like a band who's definitely been inspired <laughs> by Daryl and Glassjaw or Ed Automatica. Fact. That's a fucking fact. You might not know it. You might even listen to Glassjaw and be like, oh, I don't I don't even, I don't get this or I don't like it. Number one, you're wrong. It's fucking brilliant. <laughs> and number two, it's influence music you like. So give him his fucking props. 
I love Glassjaw. Daryl Plumbo being on this podcast is one of the holy trinity of front men that I would like you to have a chat with. So the fact that we got to do it is unbelievable. I was so surprised it happened. If there's any Glassjaw fans or Ed Automatica fans who listen to this interview and go, he didn't ask what I wanted to know, do me a favor. Get in touch with us at Sapling Pod on the app formerly known as X, Instagram. You could do it on TikTok, but I probably won't fucking see it because I don't even check TikTok anymore. Because we'll probably try our very best to talk to him at Slam Dunk as well. So if there's any glass show or Ed Automatica or any Dow Blumbo questions that I missed out because I was too busy smiling, <laughs> and I did a lot of smiling, <laughs> I did a lot of smiling doing it, let us know at Sapling Pod, please. Thank you. This was fucking class. Yeah, well, honestly, I don't think I've seen you as excited or smiling as much as anything we've ever done before, but just the idea of this actually happening. So behind the scenes, uh, we got like a, a shared calendar on our phones. We put stuff in and I didn't even tell you that this was confirmed. I just literally just put Daryl Palumbo in the calendar and waited for your reaction. Um, it's double meaningful. I mean, he doesn't, he really does anything like this. He really is seeing in public, never mind tour dates. That's true having conversations with idiots like this. So we super appreciate it. And what a way to celebrate our fifth year anniversary. Three cheers for five years. Happy anniversary, brother. Happy five years. Um, yes. I hate, to t- I hate to tell you this. You're now the Go longest on. relationship I've ever had. Oh, yeah, Kavi. That's, <laughs> that's fucking disgusting. Uh, it's a good one to break up on anyway. So anyway, if you've listened to any of these episodes, thank you very much. Get in touch with us at patreon.com forward slash happening to help support the boys, even though this is our last ever episode. Let's have a fucking, let's have a whip round. Let's have a whip round one last time um, because I don't want to be Morgan's l- most long long-lasting relationship no so. you don't want to be the love of my life i guess but it, oh, here God, we are no. <laughs> um, i do want to say though if you're this is the first time you're checking out the podcast or you've been with us day one or come in and out in between thank you so much for allowing us to do this for allowing us to get this far i mean like this is a milestone that just blows yes, our minds when we see it on paper and actually kind of divulge how long and what we've been able to do uh, in half of a decade fucking hell so a, a massive congratulations for you guys for sticking with us and just Thank continuing you. to make this happen. A huge shout out to our Patreon community at patreon.com forward slash Sapling. Without them, we wouldn't exist. And they're all just uh, huge enthusiasms about each other. That's not a word, but that's how no. much I love them is we, we're respiring. But yes, love the Patreon. Love everyone for listening. Let's get straight into it. This is everything you ever wanted to know uh, about Daryl Palumbo it's not, on it's episode not. 260 of Sapling Podcast. This was good. And as I said, get in touch with us if you've got further questions for Daryl in the future. I will definitely be hunting him down at Slam Dunk. Sapling! Sapling! Unbelievable. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plush care. 
PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Sapnin! 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 This week's guest, singer, songwriter, DJ, producer, legend, and an inspiration to at least a generation of bands. And I bet there's thousands of bands who don't even realize the inspiration (laughs) of this man. Ladies and gentlemen, if you've listened to this podcast before or you know me, you know we have been waiting to do this for five years since starting the podcast. This week's guest is the beautiful Daryl Palumbo. How are you? Hi, I'm good. That's quite an introduction. That's so wild and silly. Honestly, Daryl, we've been doing this. This episode is going to be our fifth year anniversary and we've wanted you on since day one. Oh. So he's ecstatic about this. I'm very excited to get into it and talk oh, to you. Wow, and, uh, that's really sweet. Thanks for taking the time because we know you don't do too many yeah, of these. Of course. No, I definitely don't do any of these really, but I love, you know, that's my man right there. And uh, it's good to meet you. And we have, uh, we have a long history. So it's, of course, I'll do it. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. I really, really, really appreciate it. I'm not guaranteeing it's going to be good. I, I don't <laughs> it's do already it, good. So I don't know how to do it good. Okay. <laughs> it's okay. No, if we cut a year, if we cut a year, it's enough. That's enough. I win. I win. Oh. But yeah, yeah, you are one of my um, holy trinity inspirations that basically I want to get on the podcast to tell them that, yeah, basically everything I've ever done is based around being inspired by yourself. Oh. I I think people are not getting their flowers while they're here, and you definitely deserve them. That's nice. You can make me cry. <laughs> <laughs> yes! Yes! As you know, because Glassjaw now been going 30 years this year, that's fucking insane. That's yeah. absolutely nuts. And yeah, like you, I, the merch designs where you've had, like, giving bands ideas since 1993. <laughs> Unbelievable. But that's exactly how it's been. Do you realize the the amount of inspiration and the amount of bands who owe you? I mean, you know, people say that when I meet them, but like, it's the, I just, I don't know. I'm not like a defeatist. I'm just mad realistic. So like, if I'm in the, if I'm taking my son shopping at the mall, you know, that stuff isn't, that's not even the planet I'm on, you know? So, so we, I feel like most of most of the universe is that me taking my kids to the mall and me 
being a dad and me being a, a homemaker and me being, you know, doing homework with my son. And that's like, I think that's life for a lot of people, the really the mundane or the, the important mundane, the most important things, which also can be mundane. I think that that's, that takes up life. So like on the, the few occasions that I do play and then I do go out and then in those environments, people say it, it's not like people saying it to me at the library. Yeah. <laughs> so it's not like it doesn't mean a lot. It means so much to hear that. Like it means it's like wildly mammoth to hear those things. You don't, people don't, people don't talk like that. I don't think in life a lot. So to hear anybody say that to me, as I'm a very emotional, I'm a very gentle, emotional guy. I take that as like, like you hit me with like a baseball bat of like this beautiful stuff just now, you know? So to me, it almost feels like I've always been like, it's not really real because there's only like this many people that know it, you know? And so maybe I affected them a little. It's definitely wildly kind and flattering. I'm not doing it. We never did. You don't do it to affect, you know? I mean, some people do. I mean, isn't that what punk and hardcore is? Like you do it to enact, enact a thought. You do it to enact change. You do it to enact, you do it to push out emotions, right? I mean... I never did anything in my life to make a change. I never, I was never fueled by like, I'm going to make a fucking change. I vote. I'm political. I'm very political in my personal life. I don't choose to talk about it at the dinner table. I, I, I'm very fascinated by politics. I'm very fascinated by war and peace and politics and history. And I make a change by voting, I guess. And, you know, uh, that's how I make a change. I never really thought about making a change. So to be approached with like, you've made a change. That's, yeah. it's why, I mean, it's why, you know, it's wild. I think way smaller artists have affected the world in way bigger ways, you know, the, the, the musical landscape of the world. And then again, also don't forget, we're talking about very niche music too. It's like specialized entertainment. It's like glass show isn't regular songs, you know, like it's sort of like me and Justin just like throw things to the, you know, you could do anything. The notes don't have to be right. It's all just sort of like very exuding this thing and it shapes, you know, a lot of times you don't even hear the notes in it. So like, you know, that's, a, you know, that's aggressive. That's how it happens. And I also think that's the impetus for a lot of flash shows. That is the sort of niche and angry and obscure. And that's kind of like where we come from with it. And I think that's so niche that when somebody says that, you know, you changed my life, it's almost like, Aren't there only four of you that even know what it is anyway? It means the world to me, but at the same time, I can't. I also tell myself, like, ah, you didn't do too much, but I just like making music. And if it really hit people, then that's dope because I'm not... A lot of people make music that are not fans or, like, I'm jaded in a very childlike way. I maintain this, like, fan of things I like, you know, like, I'm not impressed by anything and I'm a pretty sarcastic... You know, grumpy old bastard, I think. But at the same time, there's in this, there's this like very enamored, uh, there's like always idol worship in me. I, I, I'm never ceasing. I, I, I make myself angry with how I'm never just ready to like inhale somebody that I'm inspired by. And I really, I live like that still. I mean, I wouldn't, I don't write songs because I get ideas. I, I personally write things I write because I want to land the thing they let land the trick they landed like on crack the code you know get into the production of it what what, what are they doing where does it come from that's that's what fuels me you know I, I i don't know and i feel that 
I don't know. It's hard. I don't ever feel that it's something that is, it's just really hard to put into words. I just don't feel like it's something that does affect a lot of people. I feel that it's really niche. These are just bizarre things, you know, I, I don't know. So here, nice things is really wild. And I am a fan, like I'm an obsessed fan. And so when I, I know if I spoke to someone who I feel that way about, I'd be a lot more forward than even you just were. Damn. <laughs> Like I'm so forward, it's fucking disgusting. I I like intimidate people with my affection when I meet people like that. It's like bizarre how I make them feel. They're confused by it. They must think I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> who is one of Dal Plumbo's heroes? Who who do you like? Who do you love? Who's your favorite front people? Uh uh, my favorite front people. That's a whole separate question. I don't really I'm not much of a singing guy. I'm never I don't really know much of a singing guy. I like melodies. So do I think about singers a lot? Not anymore. That was like a, when I was young, you really think about like, that's the guy for punk though. I mean, for punk, what really like made me come out of my shell and like just made my head fucking explode HR from bad brains. I mean, he's clearly the greatest. I don't think it's really even, I don't think it's even a question. And I really don't think that anybody can parallel that. I mean, regardless if he was on substances and that let him do a little bit more of the, a little bit more of the sweating that James Brown shit really got wild and the backflips and maybe some of the, uh, some of the uh, contributing factors helped him be that nuts, but shit. I mean, he's my hero. He's my punk hero. Like there is none. There's and far as far as front men, it was like, well, if he can do that and if he's doing it in a time where the fucking talking heads and Blondie are considered punk, well, yeah. then I think that no way I can fall short. I have to not fall short. And that always was, <laughs> he was hugely inspiring to me like that. Yeah. But you know, well, you've definitely been that inspiration and legacy to so many people. I mean, there's there's band members we know who have literally got the glass jaw logo tattooed on their neck and they play music that is completely the opposite. When you think now with that, you know, you're entering that 30th year anniversary and you're doing stuff with Head Automatica again and there's all these anniversary timestamps and it kind of makes you relive and reflect on a, a lot of stuff. I'm sure, is it? quite mad just to see that how long you've been doing this for now and just all the journeys yeah. in between yeah yeah definitely of course to do anything you know i mean i i think back to like growing up in my you know music obsessed days of you know finding every t-shirt finding every concert that was ever played by anybody i respect and, you know every zappa concert like knowing every show that zappa played where was he at that day emotionally? Like, where was he? What press did he do that day? You know, in those moments, you, you're always seeing people celebrate like the 10th anniversary of something, you know, back in this sort of like, in, in retrospectively, you see a lot of that. Yeah, rock and roll is young. You know, I think music is young. I mean, you know, modern music is very young when you, on a higher level, I think it is. And I think rock and roll is far younger. Maybe it dates back to what, 1952? I mean, I think to celebrate 10 years was a lot for anybody, perhaps in the 70s and 60s. And I think to every once in a while, I giggle and be like 30 fucking years. But like, it's not, we're not just saying it. I mean, it was legitimately 30 years ago this year, the moment I met Justin, we took it as serious as fucking, you know, we were bad company. Like, it was a thinless, <laughs> yeah. we were fucking red. We <laughs> meant it. There were, Shirt stickers, 50 songs within the first two weeks of knowing each other. You know what I mean? Like it was, wow. Like we were, you know, it was real for us. So it really is 30 years of knowing 
each other and doing that exact thing and not the formula not really being different in any capacity, you know. Or even had Automatica to think about. That was that was like such an after after so many things in my life at that time that like to even think that the record is 20 years old. It's like, what has it? Then I'm 75 years old. (laughs) 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 All these records shit is all 20, 30 fucking years old. I think that the Glesha demo is probably close to 30. Like it's just, yeah, I don't know. It's funny. Yeah, but that music was all shit. You know, like we were making music as children. A lot of people don't make music as 12 year olds so that you go back and listen to them. It's complete shit. So when bands are like, yeah, we've been around 10 years. There's probably 10, 15 years of complete garbage in their fucking mom's basement. Unfortunately, part of the 30 years lineage for us is all public and that's the early stuff. And it's uh, it's like little kids playing shit, but it was it was happening, you know? Yeah, I used to download any glass show footage I could possibly find um, off LimeWire, Kazaa, all of those basically stealing websites. Yeah, yeah. My friend Mike Lewis from... Formerly of Lost Profits. Love him. Love him. Love him. He yeah. got me um, this VHS tape <laughs> that I'm holding up in front of you now. A lot of the, some of our listeners have never even used a VHS tape. That's I've got true. a VHS tape here that says Glass Joe and Movie Life on it. And it's from it's wow. from one of the Ozfest dates that you played. Um, because he knew I was so obsessed. He was like, I've got to get this for Sean. And then Movie Life for <laughs> playing. Fest? What was it? What fest? Ozfest. Ozfest. Oh, which man. It doesn't, yeah, doesn't exist anymore. I was on tour with your, with your brother on that, no? Yeah. 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 Yeah, we were together. We hung out all summer. Yeah, and then Movie Life are on there playing a bull ring, which nobody expects. Movie Life playing a bull ring. So that's what? the first, I guess. What? In a foreign country? Yeah, I think it was Spain. I think it was um, it was some punk festival that the uh, movie Life and Lost well, Profits were on. Well, when you have all these years under your belt, back to <laughs> yeah. what you're saying, lots of funny shit had happened. I'm sure that Ozfest set is atrocious. 175 no, degrees, 8 a.m., completely atrocious. No, unbelievable. Fantastic. Oh, okay. um, yeah, <laughs> all in white t-shirts. Yeah, I think that was the year that Emma Van Dyke's Posted that one on YouTube as well. There's another one from a different Ozfest show that she posted. That's all Glassjaw fans probably know it. <laughs> she has. She's got all the stuff. She has the magic. She has. Yes, she does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you mentioned uh, Sean's brother there, Jay. You have a very like. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a weird how you guys have that relationship with him being on the on the road with you uh, a few times. Yeah, my brother Jay was driving you. He drove you around the UK oh, for a bit, yeah. and then I remember you at Slam Dunk in Leeds. I forgot. I've totally forgot about this. You're fucking me up right now. Yeah, you're my um, favorite band of all time. You're there. And then you came up to me. Um, you were talking to your drummer, and you went, oh, do you know whose brother this is? And let me tell you, that hurt me, right? <laughs> so much. <laughs> so much. I had literally been working to be in a band for 20 years and I ended up being Jay Smith's brother. And that's never happened to me before. And it hasn't happened since. And it's never happened to him before. Listen, listen, hold on. You, you're literally saying this as if your band isn't wasn't famous and a way bigger than in my band ever was in no, your own country. God, no. no, I don't think of so. Course, you guys, you were like a giant band. No, we you never did Brixton. You win. You win, huh? You did Brixton. 
I'll tell you this. I hate to break it to the entire uh, country that you're from, but we are not big enough to do Brixton. It's the only place that that looks like that. Just so you know that. Come see us play in America. And it's like you two, my aunt. Man. Maybe my child will show up. I'd love to. Uh, yeah, that would be the dream uh, for me. An invite, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Right, I'm over. Yeah. Oh, over tomorrow. We have shows. We have Christmas and uh, and New Year's. You just fly out. Oh, I'm arranging it's, something it's, myself. It's, it's my birthday's on the 29th. His birthday's so around that, so sadly, but he's got... Happy yeah. birthday. Happy birthday. <laughs> Thank you very much. Um, I will be too old. But speaking of... Um, just shows and stuff in general. I mean, to me, it always feels very special whenever you're in that mindset of being able to do shows again or that you've announced tour dates or anything because you've never really been one of these bands in any of your projects just to be constantly on the road. It's very like a certain time you were doing this and it feels a little bit more special. What is like the mindset around that is it just kind of after all these years being like i'm up for being on the road for three months and then i don't want to be on the road no, again no, or is no, it kind of like no, a- no i was always down to be on the road if it made sense i mean it's just i'm not i don't know there's like certain people that are just like road dogs like they just don't give a fuck if there's money they just give a fuck if they get in off that night to like and then the next show happens and you can kind of hide in that you could hide in touring for fucking 30 years. You know, you know what I mean? Like you can do that. I just is never that guy. I don't, I didn't love being away from my existence. I always had a lot of shit going on at home. I enjoyed it. I had a lot of friends. I enjoyed my family. I liked being around things that were inspiring to me at my home base. I kind of always just was like that. And like, as soon as we got old enough to tour, like it was just like a thing. Like you get in the fuck, get a station wagon, like get a shitty RV or like a shitty van in the nineties and then never come home again. And like, fuck it. And then like, dudes just become like fucking wasteoids fucking 12 years later. And then like, it was just punk and they never, it never does much. And I, Hey, that's an experience for some people. Like I definitely was willing and excited to do that for the first 15 minutes in the nineties. Like, but that was never really me and if i wasn't going to come home with money to put towards making my lifestyle better helping my parents with money like if if it didn't make sense then what was i doing and, and justin never justin thought that way too like we never for five minutes were like let's just stay on the road like we knew that the whole that bullshit of like just get your name around like that's not you don't stay on the road to get your fucking name around. Like there's like, that's not really how you have to do it. I don't think, I mean, that's a very yeah. old way to maybe look at it. And I think we realized early on, like we're playing in front of fucking four people touring nonstop, not getting anything back, hemorrhaging money to exist. They're just wasting time. You know, like you're definitely better off honing your craft than wasting your money, wasting money, losing money, not selling your merchandise, getting no fucking guarantees, no days off. And then you're just burning your, you're burning yourself out and you're burning out the camaraderie too. So we were always just like, if it doesn't allow us to come home with the money or isn't a good look, like, is it a great look and we get fucking nothing? All right, then we do it. It's a great look. It's part of business, but I want to make money. You know, I don't do this to make, I mean, I do everything, everything that's work I do to make money. If I wasn't getting money to, to make music, what I make music every once in a while, yeah, I'm, I'm sure I still would, but I'm 
human enough to know that this is a job and I had to take it seriously the whole time. I didn't come from money. I came from like poor, you know, so I had to make, take it seriously. So I did. And Justin always did. He's just, he was very money and business conscious. Like he was just not, he never partied 15 seconds in his fucking life. So he had his head on straight, you know, and you know what I mean? So like, we, we weren't interested in staying on the road. So it's not like, I'm not in the mood. <laughs> I'm a prima donna. This isn't that phase. The moon's not the right phase for me to come out and be that guy. Like, <laughs> you pay me the fucking money. I'm going to show up. You make it that me and Justin get paid and we'll do the thing. We'll rehearse it and we will fucking smash it. And we will love doing it. But you just, at our age, with what we have going on in our life and other departments, it just doesn't work like that, you know? So it's not a matter of like wanting to, you know? Yeah. It's like, if it's there... It gets presented. It makes sense. I'm always in. Yeah, you know, I'm always down. How differently do you think any musical project in the early days would have been if you hadn't met Justin? I don't even know if I would have made music professionally. I mean, yeah. that's all I ever wanted to do. I guess. Yeah, I don't know. I even it's so long ago. It was like I don't. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I would have made music. I was wanting to do it already before. I mean, it's, it's funny to talk about this. I think mean, you just do have to remember, we're talking about 12 years old. Like, it's <laughs> yeah. almost like, what does anything mean? Nothing yeah, means anything. Yeah, you know? like, yeah, you're not even, yeah. you're a baby at 25. You know what I mean? Like, I'm talking 12, 13. Like, there was no thought. All I knew was that I didn't give a fuck about anything in the world except like Japanese movies, playing fucking, listening to hardcore, trying to learn how to play Anthrax Among the Living on guitar in my bedroom comic books like graffiti skateboarding like i didn't give a fuck about school all that i knew was that and somehow of all the things the my mind clicked with visual art and playing guitar so from there it was like meet him and that's all we did what what, would it have been different for me that was an era that was an era where you didn't make professional music unless it fell on into your lap so probably yeah if I didn't meet him, there wouldn't have been this street for me and him to constantly be fueling each other. What? All right. I'm up at eight. What time are you up? You're up at nine. I'll be there at eight and start playing. Like playing 15 hours in his house, just like 13, 14 years old. I don't think there was a chance of being professional. I think that we thought we were just going to play in front of 50 kids in different shitty goth clubs on Sundays when it would be all age shows on Long Island. And, uh, so do I, I don't even know if I would have played music professionally had I not met him or him. Who knows? It's so hard to say. So hard to say. My life wasn't pointing towards professional music. I was a child, you know? It wasn't pointing towards anything. It was pointing towards high school. Think how many bands wouldn't have existed. Wow. <laughs> that would be crazy. That would be fucking nuts. I'm so, I fucked up. We should have just called it off. I fucked up. Look what I did. <laughs> yeah. It's your fault. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> As it is, man. I hear a lot of memes. I see memes and they're like screamo memes and shit. And, and when people say like, hey, see, those type of things, I'm like, nah. <laughs> don't, yeah, don't put that evil on me. Basically, yeah, I just realized, yeah, you're basically the Mike Patton of the post-hardcore scene, I guess. Okay, at least you said post-hardcore. Good. Mike Patton um, absolutely hates the idea of being the um, inspiration, inspirational frontman of new metal, I guess. But of course, yeah, yeah, I know how that feels to be said something like that. But yeah, I mean, but it is because I think that, but it is, but it is. And if whatever you call me, if I inspired a few little dudes that maybe were tiny, skinny, effeminate guys like me at the time, 
it is what it is what it is doesn't mean you have to doesn't mean you have to enjoy this sort of interpretation but i think that that's how it is a lot of people that inspire things i don't think that they i don't think they can wrap their head around the interpretation that is referencing them maybe but that's just life (laughs) (laughs) on the other flip side that obviously at the moment you're doing a lot of stuff with head automatica and bringing this project back into existence again you know as we're speaking you've just come off a first tour with that in 15 years how were those shows what was it like to go and play these songs to people again uh it was amazing yeah it was really really good i didn't i didn't really know what to expect i don't really stay in touch with people who listen to music that i guess i put out commercially so i don't really know i don't know what to think I was getting a lot of offers for a while and it was so far from my mind that I was like, I don't even know how I would maybe regurgitate that whole thing to maybe work now or how I, how it would even make sense to me. And I just, I don't know. And then one day it just did one day in my head, it just kind of like the sound all just took shape over a little bit of time. And I was like, yeah, I think, yeah, I get it. I see how I can kind of do this. And then I applied some of it, like some of that, the inertia of, you know, a bunch of these sounds I was working with and stuff. I applied that to some of the older arrangements. And uh, yeah, I think it sounds great. I think it's, I think it's by far the best the band had ever sounded. It was, it was amazing. The shows were amazing. Some of them were really big and wild. Yeah. Some of the festivals were completely insane. Yeah. I'm flabbergasted and I'm honored. <laughs> well, yeah, you recently, um, yeah, you were announced that you're playing Slam Dunk in the UK. Yeah. Yeah, the comments were mainly saying how brilliant it was that you guys were going to be there. And, um, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. A lot of love for it. A lot of love for it. Lots and lots of love for it. So, um, yeah, it's going to be very, yeah, very exciting. Great. Britain needs more head automatica. Yeah, I need more Britain. I want more Britain. <laughs> I'm excited, yeah. But, yeah, no, like I've, I've read before about you calling yourself like an Anglophile or whatever and being into a lot of the British stuff. Um, do you have yeah, like yeah. British TV shows or TV or films Ooh. or anything that you, you're really into that people Hell, don't yeah, know? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Oh, well, the people don't know. I don't know. I mean, people where I'm from don't know a lot of the British things I've liked my whole life, but where you're from, I'm sure a lot. Uh, I just watched Bodies. Oh, okay. Do you okay. know Bodies? Yeah. 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 I thought it was really great. It was a great uh, sort of television science fiction show i really i enjoyed it i mean it was yeah i I thought that was really good that made me feel that made me feel nice getting to hang out over there for a little bit watching that i was like this is nice i like being here (laughs) i like being in your country in 2050 or whatever year (laughs) um man i don't know british tv shows i mean really i think these are very obvious answers and the parallel that was given okay i'll give i'll give my answers with things like TV shows and a lot of British culture things I like tends to be older, you know, I think in all, you know, I don't like a lot of newer things. I'm just one of those guys. There's plenty of people like that. And I, and I'm always asking people when I am in your country, when I speak with you guys and it's like, it's how they're like a nerdy character like me, or they enjoyed TVs and TV and movies. And I'll be like, do you like, and it's always like the most obnoxious shit. Like I'll always be like, you like Benny Hill or you say something like, did you like, and it's the most obvious fucking bullshit. And I'm not doing it to be funny, but I genuinely love those things. I, I, it's just in who may, what makes me me. I really adore it. And 
I adore a lot of old British, tel- you know, Chef is one of my favorite shows of all time. Salty uh, Tower, you know, Black Adder, all, you know, all those. Are You Being Served is to me, like, absolutely fabulous. Wow. Are You Being Served? Like, these things, like, make me me in this crazy way. And I don't even, I think it's regarded as such campy pop culture silliness where you're from. So whenever I'd ask someone, they giggle a little bit. Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Like, what are you asking? <laughs> and one day, Emma, Emma, years ago, Emma said, and it changed changed the way i approach asking people this shit but she was like you do realize when you ask all these people these fucking things that's like if somebody came to america and just always was asking you do you like bob hope <laughs> <laughs> like in america bob, that's like literally being like okay. do you watch do you like john carson like yeah so i'm always like all right relax with the fucking senior citizen <laughs> shit like the british shit you know where like it's the the thames the thames tv logo and so that's just like my childhood, you know? So I love those things really deeply. Uh, and that was coupled with the music. My father was a crazy Anglophile, only listened to British music, only oh, wow. watch, you know, British, you know, British things. He just loved it. And so I'm raised on it. So there's just so much in me, but uh, there's also, you know, not unlike in America, I don't know a lot of modern things. That's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's awesome. I I wasn't expecting the Thames TV logo to get mentioned today. <laughs> it's just like if I hear it, I I freak out. You know, like I I hear that sound. It takes me to seven p.m. every evening on WWOR Channel Nine, Secaucus, New Jersey, would be played in New York and New Jersey. And at seven p.m. during dinner, Benny Hill is played two episodes back to back. So every day, people my age would eat dinner. At their, in their fucking suburban like homes and benny hill was playing at prime time you know local television it's quite a different time i don't think those things those sort of cute moments they don't exist anymore but no yeah but, yeah that's the thing I, I can't remember the last time like i sat down to watch something on tv that was live apart from like sport you don't we don't or the news or you know yeah or like yeah. some crazy shit goes down it's you know, sky <laughs> news i know you'll have on <laughs> BBC One, BBC Two, BBC Three. Any plans for any new head automatic music or any yeah. Glastro music? Yeah, yeah. Oh. Yes. Uh, well, Gla- uh, Glastro, I mean, there's nothing, we haven't really talked about anything yet, but there's always, there's always music. We just have so many, so many ideas have been going on for so long that like, we couldn't, I feel like when it comes down to it, I don't think Justin and I could even possibly get to all the different fantasies that we've had musically to tackle. So there is always music, but uh, we haven't really talked much about that as far as, as far as an acting it right this minute. I'll leave it at that. Um, yeah, I had automatic stuff a lot. Yeah, there's, I'm in the middle of, yeah, working on all of it right now. I'm going to track a bunch of it. Uh, probably within, probably in about a month, I'll be in, I'll be tracking a bunch of new head automatica stuff, uh, in, in LA before the glass show shows that I have out there. So wow. I'll be out there doing awesome. some stuff. Yeah. yeah. It's exciting. Really exciting. Are you self-producing then? Yeah. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, if anything, if anything amazing happens or someone I idolize, if I can manage to trick them into helping me out i would you know i would do that but you know i think i think i achieved the, the sounds i want probably quicker and maybe a little bit more accurately than than if i had to really add another cook but i do a lot of it i do a lot of it with my you know my my partner who in a lot of things i do also in color film is uh richard flesh this is my 
it's like my best friend and we do a lot of we do a lot of shit together so i don't you know i, I mean i do a lot of the production and a lot of writing but i mean i have a in him and in my drummer chad who's also in glassjaw i really have like the two most gifted instrumentalists i really could ever have you know be with me so like we they are it's just i can't even tell you how much they contribute to every single moment of it yeah well you've yeah you've worked with some absolutely fantastic producers um danny automator howard benson ross robinson how many of those have you taken techniques from or ideas from or do they have any crazy ideas that you remember that you were like this is strange wasn't really like I mean, I hate, I hate to make it give you the boring answer. It was not really recording techniques that were like, it was more just like the process. Like I learned, yeah, I did learn recording techniques, but it isn't like I use these. Those are just like, those things were like general recording techniques with very high end gear in very pricey rooms at a very big day rate. Using very good gear, being mic'd properly. And so I took, I took that all in the whole time. You know, I made a million records, took it in watching very, high-end engineers do those things you know yeah but does that the stuff that was like i really when you say took from it like, did i retain that was like really changing i think the least the least advanced production wise and the least advanced maybe even writing wise was maybe dan the automator i found a lot of it was very strange to see a lot of the what went into the sausage but at the same time as a as a guy who likes making club music and rap music and 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 that was kind of where my hands on with music really i seem to have hit my own personal stride in the 90s was when i learned how to use other instruments and sampling i could then do anything and so that dan was a really huge influence on me in my life at, in probably from about 15 years old, 16, I think 16 years old, maybe I started hearing his remixes and they were just like very different. It was very sample heavy, but it was very archaic and very simple and just loops of breaks, nothing, not a lot of production. He didn't even mix, I don't think his records, but I think that I did take away probably in a very strange way the most from him in this sort of basement producer sort of way. And I was not inspired by Ross Robinson. I didn't know who he was. I didn't know who um, you know, Howard Benson was, these are like big record people. I'm from a place where we don't know a lot of those records. You know, I didn't know later motorhead records or, you know, my chemical romance stuff. I, that wasn't like, I didn't know a lot of that. It, it's all these, the niche dudes seem to really knocked me on my ass. Like a Dan, the automator when I was younger, that shit really fucked my head up. Sampling. I mean, sampling, having the ability to sort of mix and meld live instrumentation with samples do it originally, have it sound grimy, but still be very relevant and hip and edgy, sound ahead of the curve, you know, that, that sort of, that's really sexy to me. But yeah, sure. I think sonically, you know, Beating Heart Baby being recorded, Howard Benson's studio, you know, Mike Plotnikoff being the engineer, you know, he's really the one who did it. Mike Plotnikoff, the engineer, he's like, he did the fucking NXS records. I mean, the dude's like, that's the dude who like made the yeah. big records you know yeah. so those experiences shaped me definitely being in those studios taught me a lot but like least of which is like the fucking miking the miking is not so much it but just 
conditioning and learning how to make records for a living. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. You will. You don't learn that. You don't learn that on the MPC banging out, you know, banging out beats on an MPC in mom's crib. But, you know, but I took, you know, I took from all of that. Somehow I think the Dan, the automator stuff, the basement producer stuff is really powerful to me. Yeah. Definitely. Those types of guys blow my head. Cause those are the guys that know the secrets, you know, they know the tricks, the, <laughs> the cool tricks, the sound design tricks, the good shit. The shit I really gravitate towards. <laughs> but no, it's generally so exciting to hear that you're in that creative process again with Heather Automatica. And I, I kind of feel like you're someone who's always has ideas. If it's in your head or you're, or you're actually sitting down writing, is that true? Like maybe just day to day when you're off cycle, are you always yeah. creating some yeah. form? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And if I don't, I definitely feel like there's a huge guilt if I don't. If I'm doing something that's a job in my life and I have to put some music to the side, you know, if it's, if it's, I'm doing, you know, visual art, if I'm doing something that's not even art related, and it's just that time when I'm doing something that, you know, doesn't involve any creativity, I, it's to the side. But in my mind, unfortunately, it doesn't shut off. And I always have the ideas. And if it's not a time when I can, create something fun when it just doesn't, when my life doesn't permit, you know, you get, you get stressed. There's a little bit of the stressed out. Like you've got, there's the buildup of like ideas. And then I feel like I'm letting myself down. I'm falling behind. I haven't, I haven't, you know, like uh, purged all these ideas, but I've gone a year in my life or more where I haven't been able to purge ideas. You know, life changes, life takes you away from, away from staying up till, you know, it's 10 AM making tracks for, yeah, that's always ideas. The ideas aren't the hard thing for me, luckily. There was um, originally a Head Automatica album that was meant to come out that didn't come out. Was this Swan Damage? Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, will any of that be involved in the new stuff or was it all brand new? I thought, I thought originally that maybe I would rework some of the things that I thought were powerful or that were really quality songs you know like the the actual chords the arrangements and the chords themselves like i the ones that i thought were powerful songs i figured yeah take it take it into this new sort of sound that seems to be happening 20 fucking years later i'm I'm old (laughs) but as as new things started happening i think that everything that i was i was really moved by a sound i had and you know i wanted to kind of move towards and i think that the newer things that all started happening i think outdid all of that I've always said, like, whenever I was asked about, you know, losing a record and you get off a record label, you forfeit certain things. I mean, it's annoying at the time because you feel like some days you feel like you couldn't have worked anymore on something. And then at the last minute, it's like, it's now it's all gone. Like, that's that's very powerful at the time. But I'm pretty grateful that the record didn't come out. You know, I think that I'm I'm happy. I think I, I was afforded the luxury of not having to put out something that I think I could do. I do way better, I think now. And I think I understand how to do it way better. So I think I'm I'm lucky in some respects. Yeah. It's interesting that you have that retrospect on that now, because, you know, I'm sure so many people have asked you (laughs) about that record when they've gotten the chance and like, you know, how frustrating it must have been. But to see that you're at a place now where you're kind of like, you're kind of glad and, you can separate from it and you're just making new music and must, yeah, must speak yeah. a lot to you in different ways. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it does. Because I, I went, ran the gamut of emotions of being like, does the label understand this next record, this third record? That's a lot. Does 
the changing times in 2007. Like there was a very, the, the musical landscape changed. Do I have to contend with that? Now does the label think that Beating Heart Baby was sort of this like, that is sort of like the the bar that is set to like, don't veer from those sounds, that sound, like that's a lot. Glasgow getting off Warner Brothers had a lot to do with the way everything went down with that record and things that went down with Justin and I not being able to, not getting what we may have wanted in the end from them also. But uh, yeah, I think at the time it's really frustrating. But like I said, if you can go back and fucking undo every public thing you've ever done, if you could, I think you would. And I think that I, I got lucky to not have to have forced out or this record under those you know, those circumstances at that point. And then I get to do it now with everything I learned. I was like one guy traveling around the fucking world, trying to get a record done. Just like one guy trying to like meeting with people, producers, working on things, writing with people, doing the shit. It just felt like it was like this pilgrimage. I just look back at it like this surreal pilgrimage. I alone went on for like two years <laughs> to like do it. But I, I, then I was like, I have nothing to show for it, but I do because I learned everything i needed to really do learn then and that's great and i don't i think without that without that phase of my life i'd still be dependent on who knows you know everything from engineers to other people to help with things and it, and it, that's really not what i want to be <laughs> yeah well, that's very exciting to, yeah it's very exciting to hear like oh, um, yeah it's got me pumped i cannot wait for more i cannot wait for thanks more. i i know this is a bit of a like a, a simple question but generally want to ask you this is like for you what is the main differences between Glassjaw and head automatica and i don't mean sonically i just mean like in a headspace between maybe getting into a certain zone or just preparing or do you feel like they're two completely different aspects of your life or just like musical styles or is it just a, a bit flowing for you like how do you how do you see them separated from each other planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with quince quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway like european linen premium luggage options buttery soft italian leather bags and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands plus quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. 
I don't know. It's just been a, such a long time of all of it. Yeah. You know, uh, I feel like it's just me, me, the nature of me. I'm also not a hired musician in these bands. So you're not talking like a guy who's a hired guy that happens to play in these two different type of bands. And not only am I not a hired guy in those bands, I'm not um, a guy playing an instrument in two different bands like that. I'm actually the singer and a lot of identity comes from just the personality I sing with. I'm not just a, I'm not like a good singer, regular singer. That's not what I do. I do my type of thing. And that just sort of like, is sort of like personality vomit, like for better or for worse. It doesn't mean I enjoy it the way it sounds, you know, sometimes I can tolerate what I sound like. And sometimes I'm really put off by myself, but I think that I'm just one of those front men. So it's like complete, you know, channel of this personality vomit at all times. So like, I'm just me. A lot of it is just, it's so far down the line. I'm just me. Uh, there is this middle ground in my head where this sort of dark <laughs> dance music, this post-punk sort of thing. It's like that sort of thing. I, there is this middle ground where that guy also is the same in the same uh, social network as this guy who sings in this uh, pseudo avant-garde metal post-hardcore band. I don't know. I just kind of found that it's in my head. I do identify with it. I mean, I dress the same and I look the same. I just, this, that's me. So does it feel different? I like that. I don't know. No, but the environment different. The, 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 what's the, the, the goal, the goal is not to make people, you know, dance a little bit, kind of, you know, a little introspective, dark club music. I mean, it's not, that's not what Glasgow is. Glasgow is like pretty single pointed focus, you know, and Justin and I do it. So I, I don't think there's even, there is no chance in the formulating of any sentences that either of those bands do that it can be confused. It's so just, I'm directed in one way or the other very easily. It's been so long, but I guess I don't really think about it anymore because I have found this place where it's like, I'm that same guy in both of them. I'm just that guy that looks, I look this way. I wear these same clothes all the time. I'm just that guy in there and there. And it's the same. Were you ever nervous with, with the first Ted Automatica record coming from Glassjaw and, and then wondering what people no. would think of it? Or were you just good? Not at all. Not at all. No way. I was actually, I think I was probably too cocky about it. Like, I just thought that anybody with half a fucking brain also would listen to a lot of more exciting, more adventurous trendier music coming out of maybe your country or you know france all these other fucking countries are doing all these exciting things the astral works was really blowing up at that time and moax and so much trip-hop and so much amazing hip-hop and sample-based craziness and fucking techno and all this crazy shit and a post-punk revival with how many bands like you know from the rapture to Franz ferdinand and the dfa label and dfa and everything i mean there was just so much i think i was just cocky thinking coming out the gate being like, oh, I'm going to make a far out record like that. And I have on my side, Dan, the automator, who is my partner. And, and I'm not, I'm fearless. I'm very confident. And he was just off the heels of, you know, gorillas. And he just, he had a lot of cool shit going on at the time too. And like, you know, I felt uber confident and I didn't feel that reception was anything. I didn't feel that it was strange at the time. There were some, you know, the grimy or glacier guys with the dreads and shit that were like, what the <laughs> fuck? But then there's just some people who just are under a rock and they're into metal and that's what they dig. You know, they, they got into Glassjaw, you know, through Soulfly. 
and they have never heard funky disco. They've never heard <laughs> tribal house. They've never heard trip hop. They didn't put on a bunch of Portishead records and fucking cry to them when they were 16. You know, there's people, there's all different types of people. You I learned that really, really early. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but that's, that's one of the things people love about you is that there is that mixture of everything. And one of the things I wanted to talk about is that your creative DNA is all over other people's music as well, because, you know, you have featured and write, written and produced with so many other artists. I mean, me and Sean went to watch Finch the other day. Nate, Nate, I love Nate. Nay, oh, I love him. He did he age? He's never aged. He's no, never God, aged. No. no, God, no, no, not at all. Um, everybody else in the band have. Sorry, oh, Randy, if you listen to this, but um, everybody else in the band has. Not so much. Randy was the funny wild one. I haven't thought about those guys in so long. Oh my God, no, Nate, I think about, but the other one, Randy. Randy had like this crazy haircut, and he was long, lanky, and tall, and looked like grown but was like a child in a grown body and it was nuts right like i think he was very I, had was sa- I had the same thought monday because <laughs> m- my band raiders opened the show so um yeah i turned up and watched some sound check and i was like oh there's randy still wearing oversized clothes yeah big kid like a big child yeah he went up to sound check and play guitar and he had um he had like a tote bag hanging off his arm and i was like you look like a giant child dressed up just to play guitar this was mental he looked like it then. I'm remembering it. I haven't thought about his face in a minute. But yeah, Nate, <laughs> Nate was uh, Nate was my man. He's so kind. He was so kind and such a beautiful, pretty, uh, talented everything going for him. He could sing like Mike Patton. That motherfucker was a gifted. Yes. Well, yeah, that's yeah. The second record was very uh, <laughs> Um and I loved it. Speaking of collaborations. Um, one I wanted to know um, was how did the Bring Me the Horizon collaboration come about? How did it first come about? Oh, Jordan. Yeah, my man. Jordan's my man. I fucking love him. He's so sweet. I toured with him before Bring Me, before Bring Me the Horizon for him in his other band. He played with Automatica on some shows. We, I forget, I'm forgetting the name right now. Sorry, Jordan. Are they call I love him. He's just such a... I can't remember. It I, might have been the name. I don't remember. Uh, but I do, I fucking love that dude. And he hit me and he texted me or something. He was like, yo, doing a new single and it's going to have the rapper Lil Uzi Vert on it. Like, want to know if you wouldn't be on it, like straight <laughs> up. I'm like, does it be funny or like, what, what does, I don't even understand any of that. But yeah, I was like, yeah, of course, wait, whatever you want me to do. Yeah. And they're just awesome dudes. I don't care. They're awesome. Ollie's fucking so kind and Jordan is my fucking man. Yeah. So it was just far out. Yeah. I did it. They were they were on FaceTime with me the whole time. We hung out the whole time. I kept them on FaceTime and just we kicked it. And I just tried <laughs> kicking it. We just hung out. I was like two full, two, three days. Where they're just kind of just like, I'm back. We tell on the fucking FaceTime. They were like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And just me and Jordan, Jordan just hanging. I'm like, what'd you think of that take? And he's like, uh, yeah, sure. Yeah, fuck it. Yeah, I was just happy. I'm like, okay. It was great. All those worlds colliding at last was uh, was was mad to see when they came out. But yeah, I, I, as I as I was saying about those collaborations, really, I mean, yeah, you've just always had those impact being with other people. Like how 
nice creatively as that being over the years to kind of go into someone else's project write a song or sing on or play guitar or just anything different yeah it's cool it's nice i don't know why i always thought that that's that's always cool you know you grow up listening mm. to records and it's like it's like a, a vocal cameo on some rad record you like so i always thought that was great i always loved that you make a record and then like you the guy from glass show and like you are known as this thing and maybe that's a very once again personality vomit that type of vocal so like you, you put that on other people's records it's like all right this dude's doing cameos sounding like him on every fucking record i never wanted to be that guy but i'm always flattered if someone's like you want to come sing harmonies or do something like that like that's that's fucking amazing i always thought when i was young when i was real little i would always think man that's so cool i would be honored to be on somebody's record then again i'm also very embarrassed about it because i do feel like i hear myself a lot on their things i have a very personality vomit you hear it it's loud and obnoxious and no vibrating and i hear it's no. like it turns off but i'm i'm flattered you know, like i said i'm so flattered that bring me the horizon would share that i don't i didn't do anything for them they shared they shared with me what they did obviously i guess you've got to be fed up of being asked for collaborations of people i guess is is that every day no no i don't not fed up i would no, not fed up i just wish sometimes that it was more far out shit sometimes if it's like if i hear it and it's makes it's like yeah i know what you're asking me because you dig that thing i do in my life maybe and you want me to do the thing but i, I the more <laughs> far out it is i think the results would be better for someone who would ask me but i don't know all right. I'm just a guy from Glass Show. I'm just a guy from Glass Show. <laughs> hey, you know anybody? Any any ladies that make any far out trip hop or anything? Oh, ethereal music, trance, anything? You put me in touch. I'll sing on something fun. Oh, there right. we are. We'll find you something. We'll definitely find you something. Now you're gonna you're gonna have loads of yeah, you're gonna regret that. From. Yeah, you're definitely gonna regret a that. Nice Welsh screamo band. <laughs> oh, just God's alive. No, nobody wants that. With all that as well, is there any um? features or you being on other people's songs that we don't know about because if some of these are obviously in the credits or like on the track but i know there's a few stuff that maybe you've just done real secretively maybe yeah, just definitely like, yeah. yeah 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 definitely there is a you know once again if i'm offered money if i'm given a good amount of time and i'm offered the right amount of money and it's something that my very specialized, very specialized skill set can lend to. And if I'm approached, I will do the work. I enjoy working. I enjoy producing and maybe mixing probably more than anything else. I think at this point, it's really rewarding for me. So I do enjoy it. So I do a lot of projects that it's up to the bands, younger people, if we're to take it after that. I'm not a PR guy. I'm not trying to manage bands. That's not my bag. Uh, so I do a, a lot of things. I get asked more often than not to maybe be on one of the two one or two of the songs and i'm always like backed into a corner or if i'm really excited i just do it yeah i did um i did a, an ep for a band staircase spirit recently a, an indie band from miami some electronic elements uh, indie stuff very beautiful beautiful singer very 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 a lot of emotion gets uh, conveyed when he sings but it's by no by no means rock and roll band called call i believe is the name that they uh used it's a it's a friend of mine this a gentleman i met he approached me to produce it it's 
some really heavy stuff. Some of it's quite post-hardcore in that sort of world, ball of sound. Uh, big, giant, grindy, walking bass lines. Him shouting. I think you can picture what it may sound like a little bit. Did a record for him. Uh, and my buddy, Nick, Nick Jett, who plays in Terror, played drums on it. He engineered the record. Wow. Produced that record for him. Played some stuff, sang some stuff. What else? Did a bunch of, a bunch of remixes. Uh, what else? Oh, yeah, this is out. It's uh, a record. I think Quicksand maybe did a, a remix on it. It's the New Age Doom and Lee Scratch Perry. I think it's the last Lee Scratch Perry record. And uh, there was a remix record, a version of the entire album where every song was remixed by different artists. I think Wally, maybe Quicksand has one. Maybe one is like Death Grips or something. And I don't know. It's a bunch of a bunch of great dudes. Uh, my track, I think, is the first song on the record. I think it's a it's a yeah, it's fun, wow. far out, sort of dark, early dub, definitely like a dub remix. British. Let me see what a British. There's some British. Oh yeah, it's a uh, uh, pedals and sound deep house artist from UK. I did a remix for her. Dope deep house deep house remix. And uh, yeah, this is a lot of yeah, a lot wow. of stuff. I but I think I've vocals on a bunch of those things a little bit. So I don't know if people ever hear. You know, it's up to those artists where those tracks go. So I I hope you know people hear them and that stuff. I hope it's good. I'm proud, I'm proud of everything I'm asked to be a part of. Flattered and proud. Yeah, I genuinely used to hunt out everything that you were involved with um, to the point where. Um, uh-uh. Mike Lewis from Lost Profits made fun of me. He was like, you've got to leave it there. It's like an obsession now. <laughs> it was around the time you did the I'll Rondo you, Brothers. I'll send you things. Oh, don't, yeah, don't tease. Yeah, that was Brandon. No, don't. no, I'll send you whatever you want. I'll send you everything. Yeah, the Rondo Brothers was Brandon and Jim, who were the original guitar player and keyboard player from Head Automatica. And they were only in the band for a little while. But Brandon, funny enough, was also in... Lovage with Patton and Automator and played on all the all the Automator wow. projects as he would do them. There, he's a San Francisco guy. So he played, I think, Gorilla stuff and all those things too. But those two dudes as a production sort of duo, you know, they did a lot of jingles and hip hop beats for people and then stuff for commissions. So I guess they made a record at the time under their own name, the Rondo Brothers. Yeah. There's so many things. I'll never remember all these things. It takes takes a friend like you to remember any of them. Yeah, I was, I was going to say, yeah, let me, oh, yeah, if you, yeah, if you ever get, if you ever get dementia or Alzheimer's, give me oh, a shout. I'll tell now. you where you were and what, and what you did. Wow. You can already sing in all the bands. If you want to just sing in the bands <laughs> that I currently sing in, you already can do that. Oh, do don't, that. Hey, don't, 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 hey, don't hey, offer him leave that. that <laughs> leave that I, hey. No, I'm offering it to you, trust me. Oh, I will turn up with any and and then yeah (laughs) and then fucking my my favorite band of all time of course yeah oh well funnily enough i was at the finn show i was at the finn show going i yeah i know gray matter i know gray matter i'm just like yeah i haven't heard that song in so long i bet you if i heard it for one second i'd remember how to do it yo well, that's the thing. Like, I hadn't heard it for a while, and I was like, oh, I know that instantly. And then, um, yeah, they did Project Mayhem as well, which is the world's longest song. Uh, yeah, that's a, that, was, that was a brutal one too. I remember that, Project Mayhem. Uh, the, the most exciting part about that, of doing that, was that the producer is Mark Trombino from Drive Like Jehu. He's the, dri- the drummer of Drive Like Jehu, which is one of my favorite bands. So I got to hang out with him and get paid. I got paid in Air Jordans. Oh wow! Really? That was what? Case. I just remember that. How did that? I just remember that. Yeah, that's how they paid me. Yeah, if I'm correct. Yeah. 
they were threes. Air Jordan threes in the in his you know in the, in the only colors that fucking matter the uh, the Chicago colors the con- <laughs> with the gray concrete the black you know. Wow. But yeah, yeah, that's a funny memory, right? Yeah. I, I just yeah I just realized how much yeah you. You affected rock fashion as well. I just realized, yeah, I just realized, like, I literally became obsessed with Jordans because I saw you wearing them. The first photo I ever saw of you, which made me interested in the band, was in Kerrang! magazine. So I didn't even know what the band sounded like. But in the photo, you were midair, basically doing the splits with um, Clark's. You had a pair of Clark's shoes on. And I was like, yeah, "Yeah, that's it. Yeah. And I was like, that's all you. What the fuck is this? That's all your people. That's from listening. From listening to bands from your country, as soon as the nineties, mid nineties happened, and we started seeing you know, all the all the Britpop bands that managed to get on TV over here, and start buying fucking Enemy newspaper and shit, and like a you know mid nineties, I was like, "What shoes are they wearing? It looks <laughs> yeah. like the shoes my English teacher wears at college <laughs> preparatory academy." Yeah. <laughs> But uh, yeah, yeah, that was true. it. Wallabies, man. Yeah. Oh, you can't fuck with Wallabies. What's better than British pop or Ghostface Killer? And they both will only, all those two demographics, you know, only sporting <laughs> Wallows. The Wally uh, Don. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Daryl, we've absolutely loved this. Thank you so awesome. much Thank for you. taking the time. and Thanks. just uh, You guys are so kind. Thanks, man. Hey, honestly, this is our fifth year anniversary episode and there's no one better yeah, we real? can do it with. So, yeah. Yeah, no, genuinely. Generally, it means so much. Uh, that is amazing. You guys are amazing. I never thought this day would come. Yeah. Yeah. I really, really appreciate it. Thank, Thank you very you. much. And um, I'll definitely be seeing you at Slam Dunk. Um, so, yes, we'll be there both days. So, um, yes, I cannot wait. It's going to be fucking awesome. Oh, dude, we better hang out. We should hang oh, yeah, out. Uh, definitely. We could hang out beforehand. I intend on being there a little bit beforehand. Let's link up. I would love it. Let's kick it. I'll take you guys out to dinner for this. Thank you. <laughs> oh, no, you don't want to. No, it's all we right. Take oh, you. We take you. We, yeah, we, I owe yeah, you. I owe you everything. What do you want about? Yeah. <laughs> Where we go? We're going to go to uh, we'll go to Carlucci's. Is that what it is? Carlucci's? Yeah. <laughs> the, Italian, the Italian one that I see around. I used to go to that a lot for lunch when I'd be in your country. If Morgan's paying, we're going to Nobu. <laughs> oh, wait, whoa, hey. whoa, no, whoa, no, whoa. I hey. take back Carlucci's. <laughs> I think we're going to do Nobu. And then for dessert, I'm going to go to Wags and get oh, a little, nice. little, little bit of an additional bowl. This is a this is a very expensive trip for me all of a sudden. Um, but yes, you know. it has, Mog. But thank you for it, Mog. Yeah, uh, you you welcome. Uh, yeah. Yes, yeah. <laughs> but yes, thank you so much for giving us your time. Thank, thank you for you. doing this. Thank you, thank you so much. It's good to fucking see you, man. Yeah, I'm sorry for being a fucking nerd and um, an embarrassing fan, but I am a nerd and an embarrassing fan, man. That's how I was trying to say it before. I'm the same way. So everything you're saying is just very kind very amazing no we yeah. appreciate it and um have you ever noticed how much south wales loves glass joe in kind of a <laughs> south wales might be the twin city of like long island i have realized the, the welsh connection the welsh connection which is also the name of an album by one of my favorite bands that's so funny the welsh connection so yes the welsh connection is real yeah it's real yeah like it's, yeah like it makes me feel tough because anyone could be connected to London. But if you're connected to some fucking real, some real fighting in the streets shit, I remember I learned a lot about Wales from your team. They would tell me about 
Oh, the ass kicking stories that I got from them. I was like, see, fighting is just like, and they were like, it's just what you do. And I was just being like, yo, I ain't shit. <laughs> I'm from New York. So I'm, I'm proud of that connection. Yeah. Awesome. Love Sweet. it. Wait, Love so it. what's my football team? Wait, wait, what, what's my football team then? Oh, I don't know. Ooh, well, Wales. Um, but uh, I guess who's my team? I don't know anything well, about Ta- football. Car- Cardiff or Swansea, really? I guess it would be your Cardiff City or Swansea. But don't say or. Don't you don't leave it up to me. That's a sensitive topic. Where you're from, you tell yeah, me the, the, what my team especially is. especially naming those two teams. Um, everyone su- seems to like Wrexham at the moment because of the documentary and Ryan Reynolds and rob from always sunny so that that's that's another side of way but that's north wales though and it? it's not that's really not, yeah that doesn't count oh, as oh, wales i don't know anything me. about that yeah. wait what what ryan reynolds and 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 rob McElhenney, and from, they, they've bought a football team in wales as you do and you know it's a whole thing wait, they yeah. did it in real life yeah yeah they really yeah. bought one yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. it's, wait, it's not next documentary in a movie no, yeah. no fucking way it's a netflix Why? documentary it's ne- disney yeah. plus yeah disney plus but yeah oh is it disney plus sorry yeah disney oh, plus wow <laughs> okay yo that's fucking hysterical okay i gotta watch yeah. that <laughs> yeah it's, it's not bad right. actually it's quite you, good you it's quite figure good. out what my team is and tell me Okay. Well, we'll bring you. We'll bring. I tell you what. I'll I'll decide for you, and I'll bring you that football shirt at Slam Dunk. Oh, give me a scarf. Go. I want to feel like I can fight. <laughs> like if I got the scarf, the scarf that I've thrown. I've never really thrown a punch at a man's face, so if I got that scarf, I can fuck around. That's it. That's my that's my I job now. Football just, scarf. My hands are just waiting to be uh come. <laughs> but yeah, thank you so much thank for you, this. Man. Um, thank you, and yeah, thank, thank you, you on thank behalf you. of everybody, everybody who thank listens you. to me, like. I want to give you flowers today. You are uh, a fucking the voice of a generation. So thank you very much. I appreciate you greatly and everything uh, you've done for everybody. Um, yes, I'll stop. That's well, that's <laughs> a lot. You're very. That's a lot. Thank you. God bless you guys, man. Yes. Woo! Yes. Yes. Y e fucking s. That was Daryl Palumbo, one of my biggest influences on my musical taste. Well, my fucking fashion taste, my fucking art taste. Yeah, I grew up genuinely adoring um, Daryl Palumbo. So the fact that we got to do that and he was very, very nice and he gave us his time because he hardly ever does podcasts. He's done, I don't know, three or four maybe. So that's fucking mental when you think about it. How many other people in the world have got fucking glass jo- have got fucking Dal Plumbo based podcast? <laughs> Three other people? <laughs> Fuck off everybody else in the podcast. Yeah. Uh no, but honestly, we have tried to get this done since day one. The amount of emails I have sent uh with the subject matter of being Daryl Palumbo over <laughs> over the years. We nearly, is insane. Yeah, we nearly had him a slam dunk two years ago. Nearly. Twenty nineteen that was. Was it? It was twenty nine. Four years ago. Yeah, fuck, fuck me. Yeah. Oh yeah, I forgot we missed a year, didn't we? we? Yeah, we were hiding from the virus that everyone's forgotten about. Yeah, we nearly had him then. Timings didn't work out, but if you don't think I'm going to fucking hunt him down at Slam Dunk, we're going mm. to Slam Dunk both days this year, mm, mm. Uh, and I will be hunting that man down. So if he's listening right now, apologies. Um, <laughs> we're camel. We're camel. <laughs> 
Well, that is right. Head Automatica are returning to the UK for the first time in literally forever at Slam Dunk Festival 2024 in May. Talk about kicking off the summer in style with them performing at a huge festival. And of course, Glassjaw will be playing a select run of shows to celebrate their 30th year anniversary in the States in December. So if you're lucky enough to be over there or can get over there, go to a show and have a gigantic laugh. And if you um, if you had a laugh during this episode, go and support us here on our Patreon page at oh, patreon.com forward slash Sapnin. But for the main fact that I need to save all the money I can now to pay for this meal between Sean, myself and Daryl, because that got very expensive towards the end. Yes, yes. Um, yeah, you better save up now. But yes, what a great chat. Thank you again to Daryl. Always fucking lovely to see him. Um, unbelievable. Like, like I said, like I've said before on other podcasts, I don't expect people to remember me because I have a face like a man's thigh. It's just pink and plain. So the fact that he did this podcast and he claimed he did it because I was involved was unbelievable to me. Um, but thank you again. What a fucking chap. One down, two to go for the Holy Trinity. We've got Michael Patton to go now from Faith No More. And then Frederick. Geraint Durst, which I think <laughs> yeah. is his full name. Didn't, didn't know, know he had a Welsh middle name. No, but I didn't know the Welsh go. connection there, but yeah, we learn things on the podcast. You think it's easier for us to get him on? Yeah. <laughs> Limp Biscuit Dio or whatever oh, they are in Welsh. I don't fucking know. There's a Welsh anyway, tribute band yeah. coming. Watch out soon. Nah, but yeah, oh. put them on, on notice. We're coming for them. If they like it or not, they're going to end up talking to us at some point in their lives. Fingers crossed, hopefully, uh, <laughs> we, can, we can dream. Um, before we wrap things up, just want to put a couple of things out there. Um, look, again, five years is mental to us, so we, I know we keep repeating it, but thank you for sticking with us uh, for this long. We're going to be doing a bunch of celebrations uh, in the not-so-distant future. Fingers crossed, we're going to be organizing a giant Zoom party with our Patreon people to just kind of get involved and have a, a gigantic chat in the next couple of weeks. Uh, I've just had some merch design uh, drafts come back to me. So fingers crossed we'll be putting some merch out to celebrate as well. And me and Sean are actually going away for a couple of days next week uh, to record some stuff. So basically, it's like a couple's couple's holiday in there. Yeah, it's in the calendar. I better have a look at that after this now. (laughs) Why have I gone blank? Where are you going? (laughs) Monthe. Monthe to me. Where? Tottenham. <laughs> We're, We're playing to Tot- for Tottenham Hotspur. That's what what? you and me on uh, the wing. Uh, <laughs> uh, I don't want to do her. No, I don't want to okay, do her. Right, I'll find something else. But there's a lot going on. So please go and check us out at Sapling Pod on Instagram and the app Formula Known as X. And if you just want to celebrate with us, just share it at every single place you can. If it's your Instagram stories, just get it out there. It's mean a lot, and we're going to repost and reply to everything we can over this next week, just celebrating the fact that we've gotten this far and we've hit one of our dream guests. So thank you from the bottom of our heart again. And while we're saying thank you, head to the description of this episode. There's loads of names there that we thank each and every week, as well as Sean always gives a mahoosive shout out to the elite names of our Sapling Podcast Patreon community. Those are the lovely people who are in the top tiers. Yes, thank you very much. Kylie Wheeler, Mayumi Mayumi, Janelle Caston, Paul Hirschfield, Scarlett Charlton, Tony Michael, Dilly Califragilistic, XB Grimwood, Nathan Croshaw, Mitch Perry, Kelly Owen, Emma Barber, Molly Malloy and James Bowerbank, Amy Louise, Kat Besson, Alexandra Pemblet and Jonathan Gutierrez. 
Jenny Robinson, Amy Dawson, Murray Grimwood, Scott Jones, Stuart McNaught, Ellen Southfield, Caroline Robinson, Stephen Aston, Kate Puttock, Jenny Munster, Louis Cook, Carl Pendlebury, James McNaught, Jason Redia, John and Emma, Martina McManus, Danny Eaton, Craig Harris, Sean Foynes, M. Evans Roberts, Evan, Daddy Amesbury. Oh yes, congratulations to hey. Oliver Amesbury. Um, who, uh, he's left it in and <laughs> now he's having a baby. So um, I guess that's congratulate. It's literally Ooh. the least you could possibly do. Yeah, I guess. I it's d- being lazy, if anything. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's not even doing anything. It's literally laziness and not pulling it out. So well done, Ollie. Um, congratulations on um, becoming a... Uh, getting a lady pregnant I think thank you very much Emily Perry Adam King of the Goss Parslow Kalila Keen, Josh someone just called my phone sneeze and then hung up and getting sick and tired of these cold calls crisp I am full of cold thank you very much Vicky Cal David Smith and last by no means least Connor Lewins and family thank you very much to all of those people and anybody who's ever been part of our Patreon we genuinely, genuinely appreciate it massively. It helps keep the we could we definitely wouldn't have got to 260 episodes if it wasn't for our Patreon. So thank you very much to all of those people. If you know anyone from our Patreon and you are not going to become a member of our Patreon, thank them, you thieving bastards. Yeah, you get us for free every fucking week. So you the least you could do is thank them or come and join the community. It's a good fucking laugh. Um, yeah, there we are. 260 episodes. Five year anniversary. Congratulations. I'm Thank ecstatic about too. it. Um, and it's going to be less hard to top. Yeah, well, let's hope episode 500 is not going to take us to 520 to get Durst or Pat. Oh, yeah. It's another that. five years. <laughs> like. so, listen, if we go another five years and we don't mm. have Fred Durst and Mike Patton on, we're mm. quitting. I'm just saying I know. Fuck Remember you know. that on the Dal Plumbo episode, <laughs> I said if we go another five years without Durst or Patton on you, I'm knocking on the head. Hold me to it. Please hold me to it. Find the way. We'll find the way. But we'll be back each and every week, every Friday, with special guests having a laugh. It'll be hard to top this, but we're going to try our best. Just get involved. Yes. And, and please never die. Yes, please never die. Keep your tongue out. Don't be sick. I, I can't believe we got to do this. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Thank you very much to all involved. Thank you very much to Daryl's management for uh, helping sort this out. Thank you very much to Daryl for the time. <laughs> Mental. <laughs> Bunk, isn't it? Sapnin! Sapnin! And I can't. <laughs> Unbelievable. I can't believe it. Mad. You're listening to Sapling Podcast with Sean Smith and Morgan Richards. Thank you very much for downloading this podcast or streaming it or I don't I don't know what else you do with podcasts. Um, thank you very much.